Hello, everybody. Welcome to I Understood That Reference, episode 24, and a happy new year to you all. Happy new year, one and all. I was supposed to go up, but my voice kind of cracked as I was doing my little trumpet. But that's supposed to be like a happy new year trumpet. A little trumpet. No, I mean, I mean it did sound like a happy new year. Tr- I mean, I'm not going to say it too happy, but it sounded like a trumpet-esque thing. Um, Rob, how are you? We made it to 2020 and we're, we're still here. We're still alive, kind of. Yeah, we made it through. It was, a, it, was, it was a heavy and indulgent Christmas. My goodness gracious me. But um, I'm glad I made it yeah. at the far side. Albeit in pieces, but I'm here. And so are you. We actually capped off our new year almost uh, together. It was quite poetic. That is true. So we got that nice little uh, little little video message we put out to people. Oh yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that was, was cool. Nice. We said hi. We said happy new year and happy Christmas and thanks to everybody. I was well. Was, I was, was well nice. on at that point. Had a few crafties in me. Oh, listen, <laughs> we both were well on at that point. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, it is this podcast, so what do people expect at this stage? Nothing short of it. Uh, Rob, how are you? Any, any, any crack? Any excitement? Anything you wanna, you wanna shout about or no, talk no, about? Nothing, nothing crazy, buddy. I just, you know, slowly warming myself back to reality is the, is the, is kind of the main, the main goal here. It's, it's so funny to be just thrust from the madness and bedlam of Christmas and New Year's into just, oh, hey, you're back to work nine to five. Here you go. Uh, it's kind of, <laughs> it takes some adjustment, but you know what? I, I've actually, I've kind of, I'm back into the rhythm. Christmas is so full on. It's nice to kind of have my. My routine again a little bit actually but i'm glad to have made it to 2020 i'm grateful excited exuberant you could say how are you feeling about the new decade what have you got planned for it from year one all the way through to year 10 <laughs> uh, i mean look look i don't have many plans uh i gotta say i was a little bit oh, disheartened when you took down the old christmas the old had christmas to be done. logo on the twitter it's, it's it's over a week into january i had to do it no i know but for a second i was like oh twitter sent me a message saying we think someone's hacked your account and i was like oh maybe someone has a little bit of hope but unfortunately no yeah it was just you taking the christmas twitter banner i down. hacked our own account it's just like are we well known enough that somebody would bother their, their time to hack our account no is the answer <laughs> Yeah, no, no is, is the very, very easy answer to that question. No, look, I'm all good. I'm excited about the new year. Great. Lots of uh, good films on the horizon. Lots of stuff for us to talk Loads. about, you know? So Anyway, <laughs> uh, right. So I guess we'll get to the first part of our show, as usual, which, of course, is the Ross Fact, Rob Fact from last week. But, Rob, I'm going to let you do the intro, as you usually this do. This is my 2020 interpretation of this segment. Ross Fact, Rob Fact, Rob Fact, Ross Fact, Welcome. That's that's the new intro. I mean, there's a lot of R's in that sentence. Well, there's a lot of R's in me and you, so that's what's happening. <laughs> right. Uh, can you remember what yours was last week or last time? I can't remember, but fortunately, I have it written down, so I don't have to. So my fact last week was, or last week, last year, last decade, was um, in the 1995 film Whacked, which stars Daniel Stern from Home Alone, of Home Alone fame, uh, Marv from Home Alone. In this movie, Bushwhacked, he plays a delivery guy on the run after being framed for a murder. This was originally intended to be a spin-off of Home Alone, so it would be Marv in the film. And uh, crazy, this was this is actually true. Very late into the production process, they decided, no, this does not gel with like the sort of world and sort of tone and, and sort of goofy nature that we created for Home Alone. So they're like... They're like brutally killing people. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. everywhere. They're, they're like, like... Ridiculous sex scenes, everything. <laughs> I don't know about this guy. It's just like blatant <laughs> drug use and alcoholism. They're like, does this fit with Home Alone? Is it, is it cutesy enough for Home Alone? Oh, I, I kind of secretly would love to see a version where there's like a cameo on either side. You know, just just a little nod and a wink to be like, 
hey, this is this is the Marv you know from Home Alone, by the way. And this, this is what he gets up to when he's not burglaring houses at Christmas. Yeah, it's very good that he didn't get that child. That's all I Yeah, know. exactly. I mean, Joe Pesci was planning on eating his fingers off the end of the movie, but what, what do you think Marv had planned for him? I dread to think. Anyway, so moving on <laughs> swiftly. So yours was correct. <laughs> Uh, which of course means mine was incorrect. <laughs> I had to write this down because it was hard to say. But I said that in 1992, Tim Burton directed Batman. 1993, he directed Nightmare Before Christmas. And in 1994, he directed Ed Wood. So that meant that in all three years, Tim Burton directed a movie. That was in fact false because he did not direct The Nightmare Before Christmas. That's a good, f- I, that's not a fact. But, but it's a good false. And we're getting quite elaborate these days. I feel like... That one would have... I think we, we, we didn't put up a poll this time because, you know, it was over Christmas, whatever. But, um... Because I forgot. I, I, I was giving you an out. I You just sandbagged yourself there. What the feck are you doing? I think they were so so elaborate. People would have forgotten what the first part of the fact was to begin with. So, I think they were mis... How would I have ever fit that into a Twitter poll, to be honest? Like, if any of it, how would I have figured I don't, out? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's normally for you to figure some out. films in some years. Mm. That's, 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 that's great. I'm glad we did those facts. I hope people enjoyed them over the Christmas. I hope just that one segment was enough to keep people occupied for two weeks while we were radio silent. Do you think it worked? Look, I, I mean, I, the, the thing is, I might have actually put it on Twitter for all I know right now. But we'll pretend that I did and we'll pretend it kept everybody happy. Oh, great. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, we're so great at this. Uh, oh, maybe. Start as you mean to go on. Isn't that what this I is? I say that I say that a lot actually. We got we got the old the old great reference game and you were asking me this week, I believe. I I, I have the, the pleasure of kicking off twenty twenty with the reference. So here we go. Are you ready? Well, I mean I guess I have not been doing so hot at these lately. <laughs> Alright, well this should be pretty straightforward. Fortunately, I am mighty. Fortunately I am mighty. Okay. Alright. That one should be pretty cool. on the nose. Okay, I got it. But anyway, okay, let's let's belt on into news are you ready i am ready great well off you go um well then i guess I <laughs> okay I, th- I thought you were totally gonna go the way you were leading in there but yeah sure um, no i'm kidding i'm happy to kick things off because i do have i was thinking we could we could do a little bit of box office just to just to sort of to round out 2019 before we start delving into the this year's news how does that sound go for it well so essentially if you weren't aware it's been uh, quite a big year in the box office the biggest ever some might say and the reason this is significant is because um, not only was it one of the biggest all-time hauls, but Disney just dominated last year. It was just insane. I think I saw a stat that of like the global box office, they by themselves, Disney the corporation, had essentially three quarters of it. That is awful. <laughs> that, and that obviously includes competition from the likes of Warner Brothers and some Fox properties, which they had, you know, that still fall under the Fox bucket and not themselves. But to kind of give you a sense of, I'm just going to talk you through the, the top 10 and <laughs> you'll very quickly see why, why they dominated. So from 10 to 1, we'll go, we'll go back in reverse. Hobbs and Shaw, The Rise of Skywalker, Ugh. that's still counting. Aladdin, <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Aladdin, Joker, Toy Story 4, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man Far From Home, Frozen 2, The Lion King, and Avengers Endgame. So <laughs> there are two there in the top 10 that are not Disney. Wow, that is actually crazy. Even to, to see those films, you might as well have just been reading through like a comicsology list of comics there. I know, it's 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 crazy. It's and like, yeah, that's a good point. It's really dominated by Disney remakes and superhero films, like almost entirely. And that includes The Joker because that's where it got its money. I don't care what Todd Phillips says. He's just like, oh, well, people would have come see my movie anyway. 
even out of a nutzu Batman. That is incorrect. Joker's sir. success has nothing to do with Batman. <laughs> Did you hear that guy? I put up on Twitter, it's like, yeah, so the Hobbit success has nothing to do with Lord <laughs> of the Rings, says Peter Jackson. Like, get out of town, you like you piece of shit. Like, I, I mean, come on. It's like the, the, the intrigue is basically people going, oh, this is a different version of a Batman villain. Of course, I want to go see that. They didn't go, that's a weird mental looking psychotic breakdown movie about a guy going through a very troubled existence. I definitely want to go to see like the masses said they wanted to go see that. That is not the case. But anyway, that made over a billion which is insane. Aladdin also made over a billion. That's insane. Skywalker is going to absolutely crush a billion. It's just, obviously, it's only out a couple of weeks. So, of all those Disney movies in there, every single one of them either will have or has breached at least a billion. And that's just of their films that are in the top 10. Obviously, it was also a big year because Avengers Endgame hit almost 2.8 billion. Biggest movie of all time. That's crazy. Lion King with a cozy 1.7. And Frozen 2 with... Uh, 1.3 billion like it's just sick levels of money a um, lot of bad movies in there as well i hate to say it but a lot of bad bad movies um lion king remake was awful um it was heartless. star wars which we haven't really talked about but look i i didn't like it uh really at all um <laughs> the joker was it's it's a very very good movie does not deserve the praise it's getting but look it's good Endgame. i'm happy i'm actually happy to see that film there i'm i can stand by that Aladdin, mm. it's okay. It's it's all right. Did you say Shaw Hobbs and Shaw was number ten? Yeah, that's that's number ten. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, actually, I mean, the interesting thing about Hobbs and Shaw is remember how I kind of said there's this all there's often this weird gap between the movies that breach a billion and then the rest, and it goes from like anything below a billion it goes from a billion to around the seven hundred or just below eight hundred mark. Like at rare, there's for some reason there's always like this gap. Like Hobbs and Shaw is, is is 750 million and the next one is Skywalker, which is just shy of a billion, but will pass it. That'll definitely every, pass it. It's so weird. Every every year it happens. I don't know why, but it's like even pretty successful movies will get, you know, between f- maybe half a billion and 700. And then anything that gets past that will get to a billion. It's something got to do with <laughs> the, the way successful movies operate. I don't know what it is, but um, it's just like an anomaly. But like, obviously, if you were to go further past the top 10, I'd say there are far more Disney movies on there. I know... I'd uh, say it drops off pretty damn quickly. Like, Oh, it, it really does. I think How to Train Your Dragon was holding in the top 10 right up until about November or late October before like, you know, these big ones kind of swooped in and whatever and, and stole the show. But it, How to Train Your Dragon is maybe about, you know, 14th or 15th. So that's a very reasonable shout out, but it's only at about 500 million. So like, you know, serious drop off. Um, yeah, as down Jesus the really is. Compared to Frozen 2's take, like... Speaking of, so I saw a thing that Frozen 2 has broken the record for the highest grossing animated movie of all time. But I would argue The Lion King is an animated movie. Because it's completely... It's computer animated... Like, what's Where do you draw the line on that one? What's your opinion? Yeah, there? yeah. I mean, if, if what, what is what's not CG in the Lion King remake? You know, they didn't they didn't train lines to, to mourn each other's funerals and stuff like this. Let's be honest here. It, it no. is, yeah, it's an animated film. That's, I hate the way they say that. It's not. I Basically, really do hate it. Ross, what I'm asking you, where do we draw the lion? Oh, mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's awful. Joke, you're the king of that, of that joke. 
Fills me with a sense of pride rock, you could say. God, God damn it, I was going to say that. I was going to work <laughs> on that. Oh, God. You were just talking about the box office there. Uh, so I'm actually going to throw in something interesting here because it's the actually Irish box office. Oh, yeah, office something that people would actually like to hear, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, and, and we're an Irish podcast. We can talk about Irish no, stuff. No, I, would, I would very much like to hear about this. So the highest grossing film of this year, what do you think it was? Oh, well, last year of 2019 was? The highest grossing Irish film or the movie that grossed the most in Ireland? The higher highest. What do you think the highest? Well, like the the movie that grossed the highest in Ireland. None of these are Irish films. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Um, is it Avengers? Did it do it? It is not. That got the second with six point four million. Wow, something beat it. Yes, The Lion King got six point five million. What? Six point five million in Ireland? That Jesus. Is- Crazy. And then in third, and this is even more surprising, in third with six point three five is The Joker. Oh my God! What? It's crazy, isn't it? I really wouldn't have thought people would have gone and seen the Joker. I can see Lion King being there because families would go see that, like, yeah. on repeat. You know, for kids' parties and things like that as well as, you know, you know the nostalgia kick getting adults at the same time. But what the hell? God, the Do Joker you want really me just... to go one crazier? Please. Please. I, I, I live for the crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus. So the, the, the Lion King, <laughs> Avengers Endgame, and Joker are the fourth, fifth, and sixth highest-grossing Irish releases of all time. That's... Wait, so they they just slotted into those places all in one year? That's kind of mental. Yes, that's what's crazy, like. What are the other three at the top? It says, between 2015 Star Wars The Force Awakens, which is in third. I don't even think it gives number one, to be honest. <laughs> a, as long as it's not Mrs. Brown's Boys, the movie, I'll be okay with it. But it did say the top grossing Irish film, which is that uh, horror film, The Hole in the Ground. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but the trailer looked pretty spooky, but I don't go uh, see I, I haven't movies. seen it, but apparently it's very good. Apparently it's yeah. very, very good, actually. I've heard it's a bit, uns- like, you kind of feel a bit sick watching certain parts, but, like, it's, it's a bit visceral. But even there, like, even in the Irish top three, two Disney films. Ah, oh, but sure, look, it's everywhere. God, it's kind of shocking. Like all, all, all Ireland can contribute to the cinema for like Avengers out of its two point eight billion is six million, <laughs> and that's just me and you. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I just think it's an interesting year. Like to be fair, that's an anomaly. Disney would never have that kind of run. This is it's it's not like they'll have this going forward. Like Avengers Endgame was obviously ten years kind of in in the mix. It was like it, it took ten years to get to that point. So that was a capping that happens once in a blue moon. The Lion King remake was always going to be the remake that dominated all those Disney ones. I mean, Dumbo was in the mix there, you forget. Like, that, that didn't do great, but it was still like, that's still like 350, nearly 400 million that also accounts for Disney. Frozen 2 was always going to be a huge success. Toy Story 4. There's two other MCU movies in there, like, and a, and a Star Wars film. That's not a normal Disney slate for a year. That's just, that's that's rare for it to be, to, for it all to, la- to line up that way. So they dominated this year, but... It, they won't have the same kind of stranglehold hopefully but, but even think about it like think about you're talking about mega franchises Disney had Star Wars and Avengers Endgame this year you know the last of the new trilogy of Star Wars films and the end of the Avengers kind of big films like that's a crazy amount of franchises to have in one year oh yeah it's too much for one business but look that's the way of the world we don't need to do on the numbers much longer but I just thought it was it's just interesting to kind of get a sense of they just, they're just going to keep buying up companies until the entire box office will just be renamed the Disney office that's all it's going to be. I mean, look, they might as well call it the, 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 mouse, the mouse office or something like the that. The mouse house. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the next bit of news we're going to talk about isn't really news as such, but I'm going to talk about a bit of a discussion about the Golden Globes and the BAFTAs. Because, you know, well. their awards, their, their, the their awards season, it is upon us 
Ross Naroon. Yeah. Now, now we've we've got on record on this podcast to say that we're not the biggest fans of these events. Me, oh, like at length, ad nauseum, and very specifically the Golden Globes. That is the wishy washiest fucking awards show I've ever seen in my life, and it's just a lot of wealthy Europeans trying to figure out how they can invite all the most famous people into the room on the same night by just nominating all the films that they're in, regardless of whether they're good or not. That's an important detail. And some 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 ludicrous nominations, which I'm going to highlight in a minute. Oh, and it's God. also become this weird farcical thing now. We even Ricky Gervais getting up and doing his whole, you know, denigrating all the kind of crowd and like being really in their face and, you know, no political things here, no political statements, even though technically what he's doing is making a political statement himself. But it's it's become this weird circus now that like the films are, are just so far so far at the background of anything that's happening that I'm just I'm just confused as to why anybody who is interested in film would ever go near it. <laughs> I know, it's so bad. <laughs> like, it is not a television event for film lovers. That's That much is for sure. Oh, that much, and, that much is for sure. That's I, I, can that. you, I can tell you that. I can tell you that with confidence. I think what's very funny as well is like, I, I don't understand the draw of all the famous people that are happy to go to this thing. I guess it's a big boozy free event for them, but they could get that any day of the week, I would argue. Is it that they just like hanging out with each other and like to be seen rubbing shoulders? Like where where did they get their kicks in <laughs> well, showing up? Well, where they get their thing? kicks. At this stage it's almost like some kind of BDSM thing because Ricky Madreas just hurls mental and physical abuse at them and then they just sit there and take it and laugh. It's I like kinda do like that dimension thing. of it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like it's like the, it's the only way they can feel anymore is Ricky Gervais <laughs> exactly, slamming them exactly. with insults. To watch Tom Hanks face be put through the paces of Ricky Gervais calling people pedophiles and stuff like it's just <laughs> like I don't know, man. I was watching it and everybody's talking about oh, how funny it is, and how great it is, and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what what am I watching here? <laughs> I don't know what this. What am I supposed to feel here? Like it's 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 a very weird show. It's a very weird show. I like the. I I always just laugh at the inconsistencies. Like I'll always use the example of like, they, like they have two different categories so that they can pack more films in to the awards show. So like they have a drama and then a musical or comedy, um, to to segment them because musical and comedy are so obviously interchangeable. And then they'll just stick whatever ones they want in there. And I remember very famously, The Martian starring Matt Damon. That sci-fi drama. He was nominated for Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy for The Martian <laughs> a few years back. So obviously they themselves don't give a fuck. They're just like, listen, we want Matt Damon to be in the room on the day. Just just find a vacant spot to put The Martian and that. Rob. Don't, don't think about it. Just put it Just put it in there. It's fine. I was going to this literally, the one I'm looking at right here in front of me is actor in a musical or comedy, okay? So they have the winner ah. was Taron Egerton for Rocketman and he was against... Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that is like how do you how do you put those things against each other <laughs> like where's the where where's the line where is the that's it's I was just looking at that for ages where is you know, the like, line Egerton walked on stage like singing and dancing and like Leonardo DiCaprio just kind of sat there and mulled himself over in the corner like how do you how do you judge them by any sort of criteria for the same thing but like they don't though they don't, they don't care <laughs> They're just like, well, we'd love to have Taron Egerton there, but we need to have Leo in the room because he's a big star. Oh, but no, we've all the drama slots are filled up at this point. Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Find a spot for him. 
just find a spot. And then you go to like the actor in a drama motion picture, Joaquin Phoenix. And I mean, like, the, the, who else is even in that? Like, Jonathan Price for the two pops, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, never going to have a chance. Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. <laughs> and Christian Bale for Ford v Ferrari. Are you kidding me with that list? Like, <laughs> I mean, they should have just photocopied Joaquin Phoenix's pa- face and put it there five times and been like, look, what are you going to do, huh? I know. I know. I listen. I don't understand it. <laughs> well, we talk about some of the winners and some of the the, the highlights. Martin Scorsese yeah, yeah. didn't win, so Scorsese is very sorry. I'd say his his saga crime epic, The Irishman, uh, came up completely empty-handed on the day. I wouldn't worry about it, Marty. The awards mean shite. Yeah, they mean absolutely nothing. I really <laughs> wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> like I'm, I should, I should, you know, preface all this. We're rinsing the Golden Globes because it's an elitist affair. But I totally respect the logic of like awarding films like prizes for their merit and their quality. But this is clearly a joke. This, oh, this is clearly uh, the winner of best musical or comedy motion picture is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Even though the best actor for musical or comedy was Taron Egerton, who sang and danced. Yeah, like, exactly. And then the rest of the movies are obviously sort of comedies or musicals because Dolomite is My Name is the Eddie Murphy comedy. Then Georgia Rabbit is, uh, was a nomination and Knives Out, which is, that's, that is really kind of a comedy, to be honest, I suppose. It's very lighthearted. And then they, but like they wanted to get Tarantino and Brad Pitt and Leo and Margot Robbie on in one room. So oh, there's no, there's, no other, there's no other reason for it. And they wanted to give it to Joker or whatever. So it's like they wanted to give, you know what I mean, get that in other places. Drama motion picture was like the only... I don't know, when I look at this, I hate to say this, but like the only real film amongst them was like 1917 won that. Then there's The Joker, The Irishman, because, you know, you can't not put that there because you'd be, he'd, he'd, Scorsese, he'd wag his finger at you, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then Marriage Even though Spielberg Story. this time last year went, oh, well, like it was released on Netflix, so it shouldn't count. And I hate speaking badly of Spielberg, but like now his best buddy is doing exactly what he said that he disagreed with. Yeah. Oh, now it's fine. Now it's Yeah, now it's okay. okay. yeah. God, we're awful cynical, but I'm having a great time being it. Like, this is great oh, fun. Listen, I'm 100% cynical on this. Best best original score, The Joker won it. Can you remember any of the music from The Joker at all? <laughs> no. No, of course not. I certainly can't. Like, Joker, I can understand. Motherless Brooklyn is on there. <laughs> that is that is a similar to, actually even worse than Marcy's, that is Edward Norton's uh, written, starred in, directed by Edward Norton, the Edward Norton movie, Edward Norton in Brooklyn, Motherless Brooklyn. That's what that movie is. And he plays a guy with Tourette's solving a crime. I think that's what oh, it's about. Jesus Christ. Edward Norton, get out of here. No, <laughs> literally nobody likes you. Like, nobody likes you. <laughs> oh, God. But even then, uh, so obviously, so, so Parasite, <clears throat> which was apparently very good, wasn't nominated for any of those things. Because like you said, we got an award for everyone. Don't you worry. Foreign language film winner is Parasite. Of course. There it oh, is. Of course. There it is. There it is. I, I, uh, I know a screenplay of a motion picture winner once upon a time in Hollywood. Get out of here. Just just get out of here. Like. <laughs> also, freaking best animated film was The Missing Link. How do you not just give that to how did you... Hold on a second. The Lion King is in there. What is going <laughs> on? What is... <laughs> they just make up the rules as they go along and they just change year to year. Oh, God. This is so God. funny. I knew the second you saw The Lion King, you'd react to that. Oh, well, this oh. whole list, everything about this, How to Train Your Dragon didn't even win that, which, again, is absolutely outrageous. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about the Golden Globes? Because I kind of, it's, it's pissing me off to the stage where I kind of want to move on. 
I, I agree. Uh, I, I'd say is that like, where the hell did 1917 get out of? I think people were just annoyed at how they just still defaulted to like you know the World War epic, the you know the the, the Tarantino stuff. Like the, Parasite was one of the best rated films like across the board for last year, and it didn't even get a nomination for best film. They just stuck it in, just like just like passing, like a passing nomination. Oh, that's that, that'll do. You could just go in there. Don't worry, we were thinking yeah. about you, but we don't want you to win though. Yeah, you're well, wait, you're foreign. <laughs> get away. So from like us. they gave it to Sam Mendes as best director. Where the fuck did that come out? Now look, apparently that is amazing, but look. Yeah, but apparently, but the point is, it's not. It was never considered as good as some of the other ones it was up against. All I'm saying is that like. It was released right as people would have been deciding when to vote, so that was the most fresh entry in their mind. That's the issue there, I think, as well. That's fair. Right, so I, I'm going to move on because I really don't want to talk about that anymore, but I'm going to move on to something that's almost equally as frustrating, <laughs> and that's the BAFTAs. <laughs> I'm going to give a really quick a quick rundown here because this is just how many nominations for the BAFTAs some of these films got. It is absolutely ludicrous. I have the same list. I can't wait to hear this. The Joker movie got nominated for 11 awards. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 10. The Irishman, 10. <laughs> then you have Jojo Rabbit. I mean, look, I'm really glad to see it there. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. It's a great film. In at six. Little Women in at five. Apparently it's very good. It is uh, good. Marriage Story in at five. And The Two Popes in at five. How did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... I know it wasn't a particularly great year for a movie last year, but 10 awards... Once Upon a Time when Hollywood got nominated for 10. I I honestly think there's a, there's a case of people are just so happy to rely on Tarantino that I bet you they're just like, again, like they're literally filling up spots here. They're like, oh, let's just give it to Tarantino. It was it was above par is what their logic is. Because they only nominate, like, yeah, it has to fall within. Like, Parasite got four. 1917 got nine nominations. Whoa. So like, I, I here's 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 some good news. Knives Out got one nomination for original screenplay. I think that's well deserved. Really, really, really good film. How to Train Your Dragon excluded from the animated list. Yeah, Not even I, getting it now. yeah. I wanted to talk about that. Can we just stop everything for a second? What what is that about? <laughs> and here's what's going to boil your blood even more. They only nominated four films. Frozen Two, a Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. <laughs> Klaus and Toy Story 4 and not How to Train Your Dragon 3. That is, like, that is, they're out to get those guys. Like, it, that's outrageous. But, like, they can nominate up to five, but they just decided to exclude it. Like, that raises so many questions. Like, what is the criteria to qualify for that award? Is it, surely it's the, it's, it, it's the production from start to finish. It's the quality of the animation, the storytelling, the, the, the like, like the, the actors, the, the score. Like, it, it is, it is adjudicated the same way the best pictures are adjudicated in that land. It's not just about the quality, the animation. It's about it as a film. So how did it not make the cut? Genuinely. It's I, it's genuinely disgraceful. Like, it actually, uh, it actually so frustrates me. It, there's an empty slot there. There's an empty slot there for an animated movie. They're just like, nah, not good enough. Nah, there's no more. <laughs> it, it reminds me very much, and I, I encourage people to look up this clip. So famously years ago, uh, Randy Newman, who's scored all the Toy Story movies, I think he did the most recent one as well. And he writes a lot of original You've songs. Got a friend for, of me. Yeah, he's yeah the guy behind that, and he's he's written songs for um, Monsters Inc. and uh, a lot of the other Disney Pixar works as well. But he won for his original song for Toy Story Three as well. He'd been nominated like twenty times. He's only won twice. But he goes up stage and immediately just like rinses the Oscar Academy. He's just like he's like this is so weird. He's like four songs you nominated. Cinematography got gets five. 
best adapted screenplay five best best short film five you could have found a fifth song like it's such <laughs> a good point it, like there's no consistency there why would like how hard is it to find a, a, a caliber song that's worthy of the nomination like you've just denied someone that empty space i don't know i feel like this is the exact same scenario and then like doubly weird is like they nominated marco robbie twice in the same category that's stupid. Oh, yes. I Oh, my God. I only saw... Also, best supporting actress for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's in the film for five minutes. I was annoyed when Steve... Was it Steve Carell, maybe, in The Big Short or whatever? No, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. That's what it was. And he got nominated for uh, that... Not The Big Short, but the other one with Chaney in it. Anyway, <sighs> he got nominated for that, and he's in the film for about five minutes. I, it's because they love nominating certain actors. Like She's like sort of like a real favorite to nominate now regardless of how much time she's in the film. But they denied other, probably more deserving actresses a slot there. They gave it to her. Why would you... She can she can only take home one award. Why would you give her two nominations? That's just stupid. That's and everyone's so saying stupid. that Scarlett Johansson is incredible in Marriage Story, but they gave it to Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit, which, look, she's incredible in that movie. But it's just weird, the choices that are being made. Also, Best Supporting Actor... Al Pacino for The Irishman and Joe Pesci for The Irishman. Do so you disagree with that? Oh, Vice is the film you're thinking of. It just, it just hit me Vice. There. there you go. Perfect. But yeah, like have the board in there. Are you kidding me? And also, Brad Pitt for Best Supporting Actor. That film is so... Look, I, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the more I think about it, it actually kind of annoys me that, that it's gotten such a status. Um, I even <laughs> actually, on Twitter earlier, I asked kind of what do people think of it and do people like it? And I, I think people were... Or do like it <laughs> maybe i'm in the minority because i don't particularly enjoy it and i definitely don't think it deserves all the, the freaking praise and the awards it got so i said about it just what do i really think it's all i don't rate it all the highly sweeping awards nominations and um, we got two responses trivial theater said i'm a big fan of the classic movies and they did hit a lot of sweet spots in terms of aesthetic and tone not my favorite tarantino movie but overall i really enjoyed it and then the Better Than Robin Hood podcast said, probably my favorite film of 2019. Love the craft that went into it. Sets and detail are amazing. Great characters and performances all around. I gotta disagree with both of them. <laughs> I really do. I'm sorry to say that, guys, but I, I gotta disagree. That's look, look, we gotta be honest. We're honest on this podcast. Honest to a fault. Oh, the pause made that absolutely magical. Oh, that's brilliant. This is my, this is how riled I'm getting about this. What else can we say about these? Oh, Brad Pitt won, by the way, the Golden Globe. Not that it matters, but he won. Did you not for, like for Once Upon a Time? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> also, best score, Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker, The Joker, Little Women. Best score. You, you're kidding me here, like. <laughs> but who else are they going to give it to? <sighs> Williams always gets nominated for uh, his Star Wars stuff. Actually, most of the time he just gets nominated anyway, because everything he does is far more complex than most other he's a legitimate composer that like as in like it's so elaborate that they're kind of like oh geez well like we can't nominate these guys and not include the guy that wrote like this 40 piece orchestral thing for a two and a half hour movie you know like it's kind of the the guy who made cinema score is what they are like yeah exactly um but he won't win that's that's the important point so like it's good because all these guys that win every time he gets nominated just go well i beat john williams this time so you know take that I mean, I would take that as well, to be honest. But also, uh, the best editing, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The, the editing in that movie is terrible. The scenes, uh, his his former editor died like two films beforehand, 
and you can see Tarantino doesn't obviously people don't tell him when to cut a shot so there's lots and lots of really poorly done scenes in that I just think it's crazy that it was that it was actually left in uh, Avengers did get nominated for an award for visual effects yeah. <laughs> so did the Lion King though so what? And, and the Irishman are you kidding me here but this doesn't make any sense <laughs> the Irishman <laughs> I, I can't stand and see that but here's a weird point how is the Lion King nominated for best visual effects and animated <laughs> like which one is it listen Rob your anti-Lion King rhetoric is getting on people's nerves <laughs> I'm not anti-liking. I just don't understand the categories anymore. Cat. Big cat. I don't understand the big categories. Yay. Nice. <laughs> uh, right. Let's. I'm actually... Maybe it's because the radio is on full blast, but I'm getting very warm and very angry right now. Um, <laughs> do you have another news piece? Maybe we'll cover that and then we'll go on to our big 2019 movie quiz of the year. Uh, right. Let's do... Let's do some quick fire stuff. Christopher Nolan's... We might as well mention this up, to, up top. Uh... Or at the bottom, right at the end of the episode, uh, Chris Nolan's got he's got a he's got a new trailer for his new movie Tenet. Uh, what a trailer! It, like it's a, it looks like Inception doubled. It's, it's, that's a weird way to describe it, but it's like playing in reverse. Things are happening. There's a guy and he's like an agent and he's obviously working for some shady organization. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all of the things like are in reverse and it's happening. <laughs> Look. Am I wrong in my descriptions? <laughs> no, no, that's actually a perfectly apt description. Yeah, it's weird. It's like things are simultaneously moving forward in real time. Other elements within that scene are like moving in reverse time. So it's like, what's happening? And like, Tenet itself is a palindrome. So obviously that's classic Christopher Nolan wordplay. He loves playing with time. He's a time man. Time is his ball that he likes to play with. He let me only tell reads Time magazine. That's very true. <laughs> and he reads from back to front. I was trying to think of a Back to the Future pun there, but I, but I couldn't. We gotta go, Rob. We, we gotta move, Rob. We gotta we gotta go back to the we gotta go back to the future. Twelve gigawatts, great Scott. Anyway, God, neither of us should ever do those impressions again no. because we cannot do them at all. I can't. Well, I can't even hear myself with the headphones, and I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I think it looks. It always looks interesting. I think what's fun about this is like it's like a spy thriller, like espionage thriller, kind of wrapped up in some of his. You know, because he's kind of clever about it. Like I suppose Inception kind of has uh, like a crime feel to it, but like obviously it's got it's built around this this dream mechanic, and then you've got uh, what's you know what is it called? Dunkirk obviously plays with like sort of simultaneously time different time dis- sort of elements being told simultaneously but set in a world war setting so now you've got this sort of spy thriller with like this weird other time element so like I, what's brilliant is the trailer tells us lots of stuff and also basically nothing which is great. <laughs> yeah yeah that's very true like almost you you know after watching that trailer you know next to nothing about that film yeah i mean he's got an interesting cast is it uh john david washington is the lead i think that's denzel washington's son from what I understand, of uh, Black Klansman of fame. Black Klansman, which is a fantastic movie. But um, I'm very interested to see kind of how this pans out. Who else is in it? Uh, if you look at some of his usual uh, cast yeah, favourites. Yeah. Michael so Caine probably makes a quick cameo. I know he's there in the trailer. Michael Caine is 100% in it. Batman himself, he's got another Batman. Robert Pattinson is in it. Yes, he is in it. He's, had a, he's having a good uh, resurgence at the moment. This new Lighthouse is supposed to be very, very good. Um, and then, of course, he's in Bat- going to be in Batman and also this. I think this could be a huge... I think this will be a huge film, to be honest. Um, did you hear... Ta- quick side did you hear the thing about people... Apparently, his agent leaked or his publicist said, Robert's having a hard time putting on the muscle for Batman because he's shooting other films simultaneously 
while trying to prepare for it. And he's finding it difficult because he's of slim build. I was like, what a strange thing to leak. Why would you tell me? Why why are you doing this? You're supposed to have my back. (laughs) Why would you tell people that? But I hope he's He's doing okay. (laughs) It's like reverse psychology. He's trying to spur him on like, oh yeah, this guy can't put on muscle, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Aaron Sorcerer just bursts in. I'll show you how to do it. Pay you money, man. Why are you doing this? <laughs> You're my agent. Yeah, but I think I think that movie is just going to be great, and I like I like knowing very little, so that when I go in, everything's just mental, and you don't know what's going to happen from one minute to the next. It's better that way. But I mean, that's that's Nolan. Nolan knows what he's doing with trailers. He knows visually how to make a scene. He knows how to tell a story. I am all on board. I am very excited about this, and he does. He's obsessed with time. Every one of his movies has an allusion to time. The spaceship. Maybe he's afraid he's running out of it, and he's just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> he better take a memento. Um, uh, um, prestige. <laughs> the Lion King. <laughs> Well, going from one uh, normal Nolan cast member to another, did you hear about Christian Bale? This is very random and unexpected, but um, he's in talks to join Thor, Love and Thunder. Well, first of all, I was hoping to lend on your comic book knowledge. Who could he be? Is he going to be an extended MCU character or is he from the Thoraverse? Uh, but like you would think he normally picks like meaty roles, so why would he bother with the MCU? I have so many questions. Ross, and so- I need answers to all of them. There's a crazy theory. Well, there's actually a character called Baldur, who I don't think has been in them yet, who is like, basically, he kind of becomes king when... Jesus, my memory there. Anyway, when Thor's father, Odin, there you go, when Odin goes away, he becomes king. And he's really heroic and really strong and really stoic. So that would probably be a good role for him. The other role people are saying would be very interesting is a character called Better Ray Bill, who you've probably seen pictures of and concept art of. He's, He's like a horse-faced like a, man or something. Is a horse-faced man who also has a hammer and kind of Thor-like powers. Ah, okay. Because he, they kind of pay a little nod to him in Ragnarok, don't they? He's on like the tower, the Grandmaster's yes, Tower. There's yes, like a sculpture yes, of him. Good, good, good Easter egg knowledge, Rob. Uh, yes. You should do a podcast about references. I've watched many a YouTube vid. Thank you. But yeah, I, I was like... Like, what's he going to be? Like, would he not? Obviously, he doesn't want to do the full superhero thing again. He's done that already three times. But, you know, I was wondering, what is it really that drew him into this? Maybe he just likes Taika Waititi. That's a very easy possibility, to be fair. I'm sure he could charm the pants off anybody. But Christian Bale is normally so resistant to, like, you know, series and sequels and, you know, universes you'd be surprised to i just um, this is unsurprising or surprising universe movies yeah is a good way to put it you just mentioned i'm gonna just because you mentioned taika Waititi, i'm gonna i gotta take this opportunity to now talk about this for about 20 seconds i'm oh, not gonna ruin anything that's okay but i just want to say jojo rabbit is probably because in ireland it was only released in 2020 i know it's out in 2019 that's why it's in a lot of the award ceremonies but over here it's 2020 um, it's my film of the year already, and I think it will take an awful lot to knock it off that perch. Oh my God almighty. Funny, moving, just wonderful. Really, really wonderfully done. The tone is so perfect. The setting is so well done and well realized. All the characters are real. They're all human. Um, it's a lot like what I describe um, in Bruges mixed with Grand Budapest Hotel. It's filmed very stylishly. Oh it moves from like comedy to seriousness at such a pace that you don't know how to keep up. And 
there's a lot of reviews going around. Like the mainstream reviews seem very negative about it. It's crazy how it's actually going. There seems to it's be a big quite split. polarizing. I think is kind of the logic. But I, I, my impression is, if you like Waititi humor, this is pure unfiltered uh, Taika. Like he is just unleashed, and there are Nazis in it as well, which just adds another level of complexity to the whole thing. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's it's so good. You need to see it. The, the kind of way I would say, the one thing I would say, the takeaway from it, and this is what people are missing and all that, is that it, it captures the absolute absurdity of what war is and how war works. In every scene of the film, it captures that absurdity absolutely wonderfully. I think that's what people seem to be missing because a lot of people are saying it should be making statements on like, conservatism and right-wingism today and stuff which is like it doesn't need to at all it's does what it means to but it's just it captures that absurdity of how somebody lives during a period of war it's hilarious it's moving it is it is a fantastic film and is not getting the praise it deserves at all i will say no more because i don't want to ruin anything go see it you specifically rob go see it all the listeners out there 100 percent go see it everybody will not be disappointed People on Twitter were, were, were tweeting us saying it was great. Vicky Pryor and stuff like that said it was awesome. Another podcast, um, The Unexceptionals, Unexceptionals, were saying it was amazing as well. So look, people, go see it. It's, it's, you will not be disappointed. It's interesting that, you know, I think the, bringing the critic review kind of lends into it because remember we were talking about how the initial sort of, well, they call it leaked, but kind of the sort of reactions from like, you know, the, the studio execs when they f- saw the first cut of the film, they were like, yes, what, what is this? This is torture. But I guess that like he's not making a movie for them. He's making it. He like he wants to make his own sort of style. And I guess I always feel like it would appeal to our sense of humor for sure. Just his wackiness. Um, and I saw a great video. Maybe it's by that nerd writer guy on YouTube. I'm not sure, but how uh, Taika Waititi is the master of the sad, the happy sad comedy or something. He calls it like happy sad comedy is like that sense of really striking a balance. Um, by finding like by highlighting sort of the serious and somber tones of like maybe a topic or a point in a movie but still being able to balance sort of comedy around it very effectively without making the tone jarring or messy like he he kind of has mastered that sort of dynamic and um, because you know comedy is hard enough to begin with without having to like find a way of peppering in the serious notes but obviously he just is a he's just so deft at doing it at this point like he's just like free reign give me a nazi imaginary friend movie and i can like do wonders with it basically i don't think i've seen a film in a long time that is so tonally perfect as this movie honestly mm. it's it's it is and he he wrote this in 2011 i believe years ago like but before what we do in the shadows and everything and he's this is his dream has been to bring this to the, to the big screen and you can see in every frame that he wanted to make this so. mm. Great. Uh, Rob, shall shall we shall we move on and do a quick a quick very brisk quiz of twenty nineteen? Quick quiz, a quick quiz, absolutely. A, qu- a quick quiz. So how we're going to do this is that we're going to go back and forth. There's yeah, how are we going to do this? <laughs> it, it's it's from uh, an Irish website again. Look at us supporting Ireland. Uh, Entertainment.ie. Fifteen questions. We're going to ask each other back and forth and see how we do. And basically, if there's a tie at the end, that fifteen question. I guess we'll do that somehow. Let's just see how we get on, Rob. Uh, do you want to ask me first, or will I ask you? I, I I'll ask you. Hopefully, the, hopefully the questions are in the same sequence, so it doesn't get too confusing. All right, yeah, well, here you I mean, go, yeah. buddy. <laughs> here you go. All right. So, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Leonardo DiCaprio's character was the star of a TV western. 
that was ultimately cancelled. What was it called? Bounty Law. Correct. Well yeah. done. Okay, okay. So Off I'm asking you now. Yeah. So, Todd Phillips, the director of Joker, also directed oh, which of these movies? Old School, Euro Trip, or The House Bunny? Fucking hell. I gotta say Old School. Correct! Oh, <laughs> oh God, I'm so glad we got these right. Okay, oh, I'm up again. Ah, oh. oh, you're gonna get this one. The runtime, including credits, of Avengers Endgame is 3 hours 28, 3 hours and 2 minutes, 2 hours and 21 minutes. What? I'm gonna get this. That's ridiculous. You should get this. Oh, so you know this, do you? Um, I know this one. For my obsession with runtimes. Three hours and... Jesus Christ. Three hours and 21 minutes. No, it's three hours and two. God, uh, that's what I was going to go with. I should have. <laughs> All right. Okay. It was well, the first MCU movie that breached the three-hour mark. That's why they made a big deal about it. Oh, I should have got that. But with the credits as well, I was like, surely the credits go on for at least two hours. In It Chapter 2, oh dear. the story picks up how many years after the first movie? 18, 20, 25, 27. Um, I'm going to go with 20 years. Seems like a nice season, even number. That is incorrect, Rob. It is 27 years. Haven't seen the film. Hadn't a clue. Well, <laughs> a fair play for a good guess, I guess. Um, all right. In The Lion King... Only one character retained their original voice actor from the 1994 version. Which character? It's Mufasa. Was it? I don't. Yes, it's Mufasa. Excellent. <laughs> oh Jesus okay, Christ! Rob in Hobbs and Shaw. Ah, for God's sake! The two characters battled a supervillain played by Idris Elba. What was the name of his character? And I'll read out the the options: Brixton, Rexham, Arsenal, or Eaton. Okay. I was originally going to go for Brixton because that's just basically where I live. It's just that's what I would have guessed. Me. But I mean, what the fuck is Rexham? It has to be that. It has to be Rexham. What the? F- is that is your that? final answer? Yes. You're wrong. It was Brixton. Oh, for fuck! <laughs> what the? Fuck? No, that is that's outrageous. <laughs> I will be replaying that moment for many a time. That I'm is so glad we caught that on record. That's such bullshit. I don't believe it. What? God, Jesus. Brixton. <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. I'm annoyed. Anyway. That's funny. <laughs> Ross, what country was Midsommar predominantly set in? Norway, Lithuania, Sweden, or Denmark? Now, it's probably going to be Sweden, but to be honest, I'm going to say Denmark. <laughs> okay. It was Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> I mean, the answer is Sweden, but I'm going to say it. Yeah, but I don't go with those answers. Oh, here we go. Uh, in Spider-Man Far From Home, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Quentin Beck, went by another name. What uh, was it? Uh, <laughs> Mysterio. Fuck's sake. Uh, how many? You, you've got, what, two right so far? I have not been counting them. I think you have. I think I have two. Right, go on. In Jordan Peele's Us, what are referred? What are the other versions of the characters generally referred to as? The, the cloned. Oh, well done. That was a quick answer. Oh, I knew it before I even saw it. Right. Okay. <laughs> you thought you've seen this? Uh, in Le Mans '66, Ford v Ferrari. What was the name of the car that Christian Bale's character drove? Was it the Mustang GTO Fastback, <laughs> Galaxy, <laughs> GT40, or Hemi Charger? 
Uh, I, I feel like it's. I feel like it's just like a Ford GT. So I'm gonna guess GT40. You are correct, Rob. Ah, there we go. God, we're both on three, are we? I think so. I think so. <laughs> we'll just say we're on three each. Yeah, we'll say we're on three. That'd be nice. I gotta cut these back though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the character of Forky in Toy Story 4 was voiced by Tony Hale. And ah. In what TV show did he play a one-handed man named Buster? Arrested Development. Oh, come on. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> As I was reading, I was like, for God's sake. Oh, well, here we go. Oh, come on. The ending <laughs> of Ad Astra took place <laughs> in orbit over which planet? Neptune, <laughs> Mars, Jupiter, or Pluto? Um, also, technically not a planet. Little Rick and Morty joke there. Uh, I believe um, it's Neptune. You are correct. Okay, Super. Rob. So, I mean, we're on four each, so we have to get this right. Okay, I have to anyway. Okay, in John Wick 3, Chapter 3, Parabellum, uh, John Wick is forced... Oh, dear. Uh, John Wick is forced to injure himself in a ritual to prove his loyalty to the high table. How does he injure himself? He shoots himself in the hand, he stabs himself in the shoulder, he cuts off one of his own fingers, he burns his eyebrows off. He cuts off one of his fingers... You oh! beauty, you absolute you, beauty! You did not guess that. I, I've never, I've seen John Wick one. That's all. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy with that. Oh, here we go. This is hilarious. In Detective Pikachu, oh, brilliant. <laughs> another Pokemon aside from Pikachu features predominantly in the movie and is often seen with the journalist character played by Lucy Smith. What type of Pokemon was it? A Squirtle, a Coughing, a Charmander, a Psyduck, or a Meowth? Meowth. Um, considering I would have known this without having seen the movie, I would have just been able to visualize it in my brain, just off the cuff. But I'm gonna say Psyduck as my final answer. Congratulations, Rob. We both got four out of four. I've got one more here. The tiebreaker. Oh, no, so do I. That's the thing. This is supposed to be a tiebreaker. Uh, well, we can try this, and I think we're both gonna get the same one. The Irishman saw Robert De Niro and Al Pacino appear ah, together on. for the first time in years. What was the first movie which both actors starred in together? The answer I would go for is The Godfather Part 2. What would you go for? I was thinking Heat. I didn't even read for for enough time. Well, then shall we go with our answers? Or Well, it's obviously Godfather Part 2 because that's the earlier of the two that they're definitely in. Well, they're in Righteous Kill as well. I feel like there's a trick I mean, on I've already hit the I've hit the answer already. It's You're Godfather right. Godfather Part 2. Well, Rob, that's excellent then. We got equal. <laughs> also, 11 out of 15. That's good, right? I mean, together... Probably should be better, but um, yeah, we could say it's good. Yeah, but I mean, we weren't being, to, you know, we were, you know, maybe the other person, you would have right answer for the wrong ones that we got, you know? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think it was good fun regardless. I'm very, very annoyed about Brixton. <laughs> hey, I, at least you didn't say, well, the answer is this, but I'm going to go with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Rob, well, that, was that good leaves fun. us with just one more thing before the end of the show, and Indeed. that is next week's... You, you do the intro, you can do what I can't. Oh, sorry. Rusfect, Rubfect, Rusfect, Rubfect. Ha-ha, from Denmark. <laughs> Not Sweden. <laughs> All right, what do we got? Do you want to go first, or shall I? Um, I'll kick us off, because I'm Rob. Okay, so the Rob fact this week is... This is kind of born out of the fact that I watched this again this week. The original script for A Quiet Place contained no lines of spoken dialogue. 
Oh no, that's the last of us I'm kind of doing there with the clicks. It's just silence. I should have just left it silent. Oh, the clicks. Oh, look, the last was amazing. I'll take some clicks. Oh, I bet you if we could do this with some clicks for the website, let me tell you. Jesus. Oh, hey, hey. Now, according to what you were saying, apparently the website's doing pretty good. It's doing all right now, be Jesus. All right, buddy, what's your what's your Ross fact? So Lay my Ross me. fact for this week is that in Jojo Rabbit, in <gasps> one particular scene, Heil Hitler is said over 30 times in one minute. <laughs> I was like, don't do any clicks, Rob. Don't, don't do any clicks, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> listen, listen to these Third Reich clicks. Does that sound right? <laughs> Good. Does that sound right? Is that what you said? Yeah, nice. exactly. God. Yeah, because that's these are the kind of jokes we should definitely be making for a successful podcast in the future. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Rob, we've done it. We've 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 bailed to our first show of 2020, and it was fun. except Ross. We've started the year by failing to do. The one thing we should always be doing. Oh my God. I always <laughs> forget about this. Okay. It's, I mean, it's, it's obviously from Tor. Yeah, correct. I mean, yeah. Um, I guess I just have to guess. Is it Tor? Uh, you, so, you, yeah. You, wait. Are you, it's the character's Tor. Yeah. What okay. Well, I, well, yeah, I, I said it was from Tor, but then I guess the character is Tor as well. Okay. So you got the character right. Uh, but it's from, Aven- it? it's from Avengers Age of Ultron. It's the bit where uh, Scarlet Witch... Uh, tries to put a spell on him. He goes, "Ha! Yeah. Did some some sorcerer trying to put a spell on me, but fortunately, I am mighty." And then he immediately well, gets transfixed by it. Do you know what? I'm taking that anyway. <laughs> I'm taking. Oh, that come on. <laughs> and you know what? Next week is our 25th episode, which means it is time for us, me, <laughs> to go back and listen and see our scores, and we're going to see who won the great reference game for season one. Outrageous. Well, I can see very specifically why you're claiming this one. Oh, yeah, 100%. Listen, I was down about three or four last time. I, I counted, think that so. might have shot you to the lead because we've been at a bit of a stalemate for a while. I was like, I, I need to give him an easier one that he can actually at least guess who it is because otherwise, what are we doing here? Listen, Rob, we, we drew in a movie trivia quiz we just took, so I'm not <laughs> Not just any movie, right? quiz, not any movie quiz, but the movie trivia quiz let me tell oh, you d entertainment.ie movie trivia quiz <laughs> <laughs> yeah featuring such films as the bafta award nominated irishman for visual effects the irishman <sighs> and once upon a time in hollywood yeah this podcast this week is sponsored by once upon a time in hollywood have you we'll seen see a lot of the- your local cinema <laughs> today a lot of websites have been like shorthanding uh once upon a time to like just the, the the initials of like an abbreviation, so it's like I thought that was a separate film when I saw these nominations coming. I was like, "What the fuck is Uata? Like, what is that?" Yeah. <laughs> That's just a quick aside. But listen, Rob, oh, fucking hell, I'm tired. Listen, Ross, <laughs> well, and I'm the one drinking, huh? <laughs> I had a few beers. You listen to me, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> we got to the end of episode twenty-four. Shockingly. And as per usual, we said, let's strive for that beautiful 45-minute mark, that sweet spot. Um, oh, unattainable, yeah. as it turns out, because we were just Look, I'll edit, it. I'll edit some of it out. It'll probably end up longer anyway. Well, who cares? Who cares, Rob? <laughs> end up longer. It was fun. We had a quiz. It was great. <laughs> the quiz is an important part of it. I do miss whistleblowers, though, so we'll have to bring that back. Oh, don't worry. 25th, 25th episode. You better believe there's going to be whistleblowers. In fact, the entire episode will be conducted via tin whistle. 
Oh yeah, there's no there's no speech on the next on the next podcast. <laughs> but um, look, guys, everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for such a great year, and thank you for sticking with us well into the new year. And we have mm. so much more to come. And um, you can find us on loads of places. And Rob will probably give you a list because I always forget them. But Rob, yeah, give us a list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the list I is as follows. I was drinking. <laughs> the list is as follows. Um... Oh, Twitter is like your main source of go get them tweets. That's at Cap Understands. That's the handle. Um, we also have a website, uh, CapUnderstands.com. There's lots of stuff on there as well. Um, sexy website stuff, you might you might say. Lots of clicks. Um, we've also got uh, the podcast uh, live on various outlets, such as SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, um, iTunes, uh, Podtail, of course, uh, Podchaser uh, lists, um, uh, TuneIn, and a smattering of others that I will never remember all at once. Castbox, um, which sounds kind of like a dirty thing. <laughs> that's Cast absolutely box. that's that's definitely filthy. Uh, we also have an email uh, for people who still use that. Uh, the lads at, at Cap understands that'll get to us. That's most of the list. Yeah, uh, I just want to say yeah. a huge thanks to the Pod Nation guys as usual. We're, they're all supportive. They're all great all podcasts cool stuff like that so thank you again to all the pod nation people and thank you to everybody who listens um i guess really all that's left to say is that i've been ross oh and uh i've been rob and uh, this has been i understood that reference thanks very much for listening oh rob how do you open the locked door in a zoo i don't know with a monkey (laughs) thanks (laughs) everybody for listening happy new year